Hello, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, I guess people are going back to work. The numbers have just been steadily rising in the download department for BHP. Yes, it is. I th- That's good to see, though. You meant by the numbers are rising. I thought, well, shit, I saw the COVID numbers were decreasing. No, 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 no. Our yes. download numbers yes. are going up, so I'm assuming that people are back on the road, which is a very, very good thing. And it's freaking August. We start, we, we, we teal hunt... In 39 days. We dove hunt in 27 days, Jeff. I don't give a fuck about shooting dove. Whoa. I mean, we I got, enjoy we it. Got people in, we no, got no, no, people no, no, in the, the building. Let, let me rephrase that. I don't care personally about going. I right. don't get excited about dove shooting as much as I do go shooting some teal. I really. That excite me. I enjoy opening weekend of dove season. It's hot and it's long. Yeah. I don't mind. I enjoy the people being around the people. I'm just saying, personally, I don't get excited. If we go outside here and we shoot some dove around here, it's not, it's, it's fun. I look forward to shooting some ducks. Yeah. It's it's August now. And we should have some teal start showing up in the next week. We had a little front. It was supposed to only be 80 degrees tomorrow, and now it's 96 again. Yeah. But we did have a couple of days. We got some rain. So all you fuckers that make fun of me for rain, <laughs> it did rain. So I'm happy. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hanging Outfitters. The one and only. A dream. 27 days away, we'll be back in business. Dream of years ago. Thought, man, I don't want to have to get a real job. What can I do to make a living? And boom. We built Stanfield Hanging Outfitters. Anyways, holler at us. I've got some second weekend of dove season. I have an opening and the fourth weekend of dove season, which is in the last weekend in September. And then other than that, we're pretty much booked up. But no teal hunts, right? Nope. Just dove hunts. Uh, teal hunts are booked up, too. Uh, we do have some uh, October. I can do some pheasant dove, pheasant duck hunting, and we'll have some duck hunting the first of November because goose season open until November 16th, so I'll have some duck hunting early in the year. So Give us a call. StanfieldHunting.com. Or nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Jeff will answer the phone. Uh, this podcast is all to you, also brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. They have a promo code, Big Honker, all one word, and I believe it's all lowercase. You can save yourself some money. I believe it's fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. Incredible products. Great, great company that uh, that we're partnered up with here. They take care of your four legged hunting buddy. They've got a quick release system that I am a huge, huge fan of, and I'm a huge proponent of everybody that has a dog. Snap this on your dog, whether you got Steady Eddie or not. It doesn't matter. Keep them safe. This way you know where they are at all times because all it takes is Fido breaking one time and you're in a pickle. So the quick release system I'm a huge fan of. They've got a ton of other products that are really, really good, but I'm a big fan of the quick release system. So go to gundogoutdoors.com, scope it out for yourself, use the promo code Big Honker, and uh, save yourself some hard-earned money. And let's talk about Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. Love the motto. Love the jingle. Trump 2020, capital T, R-U-M-P 2020 promo code. Get 15% off. They got some cool gear. They got good coffee. Andy's drinking some right now. Coffee, gear, check it out, and that's DirtyDuck.com, DirtyDuckCoffee.com. You can look them up. They're also on uh, Instagram, DirtyDuckCoffee, and you can find them there. Good coffee. You can save yourself some money with them, too. Got a promo code, Trump2020. DirtyDuckCoffee.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the best silhouette. You've heard me say it before. It's still as true today as it was way back then. They got on board pretty much when we started this podcast. They've been a good partner of ours, and uh, they make a hell of a product top to bottom the bags the decoys you're not going to find a more complete system for hauling your decoys around than dive bomb industries 
Uh, they're in the floater game now. Floater bags are coming out later this fall. Um, top to bottom, you can't beat them. You cannot beat them. They got a great silhouette, great-looking silhouette. It's durable. We use them seven days a week down here. Um, you got to have numbers on your side, guys. We've said it before. This is the only way that you can differentiate you from the other the other schmo in the field next to you is how big of a spread that you have. So go go big. Go big in 2020. Divebombindustries.com. And brought to you by Boss Ammo. Boss Shot Shells. That's right. You only need one. Folks, I've been doing this a long time. 52 years old. feel like I'm 106. I've been in the waterfowl business since I've been in my early 20s. I've shot steel when it first came out. It sucked. I grew up shooting lead with my dad. Hot reloads that he used to reload. Folks, Boss Ammo is just like shooting lead that I grew up as a kid. Same killing power. It's actually a lot faster than the old lead was. It works better. It is the way to go. If you're going to spend money to go on a hunt, whether it's guided on your own, all the money you put together, don't buy cheap shells. Buy something that makes a difference. It's better on the ducks. You're not shooting a bunch of ducks and they're falling, flying off and dying. It's killing them right then. So go to BossShotShells.com. Is that right? That's right. Boss Shot Shells. Oh, I love me some bismuth. And get you some get you some boss, and only takes one makes a big difference. You can call them too. I mean, they're a great, great, great bunch of people to talk to. They're very, very knowledgeable about what they're selling. BossShotShells.com. Brandon it, will take care of you. Also, Pacific Game Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com. They're uh, they're actually retooling all their uh, goose guts, and I believe they've got something new for you duck hunters. But I think the goose is coming up first. Uh, I talked to Trevor last week, and I think uh, I think all the new goose calls are going to have their brand new guts, some worn in guts. Uh, I'm telling you what, they're expanding, they're growing, which is very very good for for everybody because they run a top notch organization up there. Uh, PacificCustomCalls.com. You can look at their whole line. They've got uh, they've got a goose call basically for every species: bigs, mediums, little lessers, whatever you're going after. They've got a Canada call for that. They've got an outstanding spec call, guys. It's so easy to blow. I was actually putting too much air into it, which is not common within the spec call world. Duck calls great, um, and like I said, they're they're constantly innovating over there at Pacific. So check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com. And we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. If you're going to duck hunt, you need spinners. If you're going to duck hunt or goose hunt, you need a, you need a blind. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but I am fielding more questions about that 2x4 blind than I ever have before. So here it is. You can fit four grown men in it. It's got a pocket in front for your shell bag. Hopefully you're shooting boss and you got that nice little money bag. Set it in there nice and neat. Four guys you can fit in there comfortably. You could squeeze in a fifth if you wanted to. I don't recommend it. Uh, the 2 by 4 blind, it's the way to go. It's durable. It's heavy. Stout. Can't hey. say enough about it. And you're going to need spinners, too. So look them up at LuckyDuck.com. Haley will be on a podcast with us next week. Yep. So check them out. Great guys over there. Great guys and gals. Before I get in trouble that way. Over there at Lucky Duck. Check them out, luckyduck.com. And Logan Pyatt at the Looking Glass Duck Club. They got a podcast. Uh, not politically correct, my kind of guys. Anyways, you can check out their podcast at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. And Lucky Glass, uh, Looking Glass Duck Club Hunt Club, which you can't be a member of. 
Very exclusive. <laughs> Very exclusive. I'm yeah, next on the waiting list, yeah. and I can't get in, so you're not going to get in either. It's going to be 10 years before you get in. Well, I think they're just teasing me a little bit. But anyways, <laughs> Logan Logan and Reb have a podcast out. It's really a good deal. Check out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Wherever you're listening to this one, you yep, can hear theirs. You can hear their stuff there, too. Also brought to you by 14 Cattle Company. Beef. Beef. Meet the difference. Out there in Alito, Texas. Half a beef, whole beef, whatever you got. We've got ours coming. It's August, so yep, we'll oh, we need to we need to do that kill sheet, huh? Do a kill sheet. You can custom order whatever you want, delivered to your house. Get some uh, fucking tomahawks. Don't buy that overpriced shit at the grocery store. Get some tomahawks. Buy a competitive price, homegrown beef. You know what you're getting. You're not getting a bunch of Brazilian lobbyist beef. You're getting real Texas beef, and that's 14cattlecompany.com. And J2 Outdoors. The Ice Ripper. Completely revamped. That motherfucker's got a motor on it now. You don't need no electricity. You just need some gasoline. Throw that bitch out there. Crank her up. I think it runs for like 48 hours half throttle and 24 hours on full throttle. They put a fucking Hemi on it. Actually, it's not a Hemi. It's a Vanguard, but either way. Um, yeah. I mean, it, this motherfucker is a workhorse. Open up your hole. Don't let Mother Nature put an end to your season prematurely. Uh, if you're like me, you got enough things that end prematurely. But hunting season shouldn't be one of them. Throw an ice ripper out on the pond. Keep that bad boy open. There's no better bait in the world than open water when everything else is locked up. J2 Outdoors LLC, I, th- I believe, is where you can find them. Go to their Instagram, J2 Outdoors, and uh, they had a giveaway going on. That's at uh, J2 Outdoors on Instagram. Last but not least, William and Chris Wines. Who doesn't need Skeleton Key? Who doesn't? Especially in the, in the corona season. Everybody I, needs it. I'll bet wine sales are through the roof right now. I think all alcohol sales are through the roof well, right now. Well, except for restaurants, and that's their big market too, so who knows. But you know home home winos are going through the roof right now. I think all alcohol sales are up uh, at the supermarkets. You can find them at HEB, Central Food, Whole Foods, Central Market. I fucked that up every single time. What is going on, Andy? Get it together. WilliamCrisWines.com. Texas Wine. All made in high Texas. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by uh, two of Ron's really good friends, Gary Coker and Steve Barber. We've had Steve on the podcast before, and uh, it's kind of a farewell to farewell to Ron. We get on here, tell some old stories from Ron. They talk about how they met him and uh, the impact that, that he left with them. So it's, uh, it's a good podcast. We really enjoyed uh, kind of taking a trip down memory lane. So here we go. Gary Coker and Steve Barber. Ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by... Who, who, who's bringing this? This Steve? Who's bringing this podcast to us today? Which, which sponsor? Die Bomb Deco. Die Bomb. Okay. You, you, you reached on out. I was waiting for you to do it. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Die Bomb. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. Got two, uh, two handsome looking gentlemen. Across the way, Gary Coker, where Steve the, Barber. Where the fuck are they at? 
Yeah. This is going to be a, kind of a tribute to Dad. <clears throat> Farewell to Ron. You know, I got I got a text from Ron yesterday. Guy hacked his Facebook, sent me a message. Hello, how are you? I go, Dad, good. How's Jesus? <laughs> the guy wrote back, uh, what did he say, Andy? Uh, he's doing well. He'll he's greet you when well. he gets He'll here. He'll greet you when you get yeah. here. He when you get here. Didn't say anything about a mail-in vote or nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> I saw a deal today. A kid said, my, my, he said, I'm so pissed off. My grandpa has been a lifelong Democrat or lifelong Republican. Has voted Republican his whole life. And now he died. Now he's going to vote Democrat this year probably. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Steve, how's that Viagra treating you? Oh, I, I guess it's fine, Jeff. Where where does this come from? Well, you told me that story about the neighbor lady in the Viagra. Remember that story, that joke you used to tell everybody all the time? You know? My wife is listening to this podcast. <laughs> does she know you're buying Viagra? I, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> There's no you're right calling, answer. Your phone is ringing or you're calling somebody, Steve. Oh, that's a customer right calling. <laughs> cost, fuck them customers, huh? <laughs> Viagra hotline. So... Tell us about the Viagra. I'm, I'm not. Uh, was that an embarrassing deal when you went to the doctor and asked for it? it was like a pick me up or a hold me up? How do you want me to answer that? I'm just truthful. You've told us about your Viagra story, so I thought you'd tell us now. <laughs> Jeff, I've never, I've never told you about a Viagra. Story. So have you taken Viagra? Well, that's that's. Uh, it's kind of like I got a text the other day from Beto Rark. I wouldn't about, tell now I got that. the same one. <laughs> yeah. Who you going to vote for for president? I told him it's none of their freaking business. And <laughs> she answered me back. She, yeah, she answered me back, too. said, thank you. We'll uh, put you into our database. Yeah, well, I'll answer you back. So have you taken Viagra? I, I, I'm not going to answer that. Gary, you're not as fun to fuck with, so I'm not going to even ask you about it. Well, I, it's, it works. Does it work? Pretty good. <laughs> you and Steve are in room seven tonight together, so... <laughs> It's good for one of you and not so good for you, Steve. Where's Dickie? I'm sleeping on my back. <laughs> Steve don't care. Dickie's, out, Dickie's outside. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Going to get the Viagra uh, uh, rounded up. <laughs> you know, Dad would just be shaking his head right now. Uh, Dad wasn't too keen on that kind of stuff. He didn't think it was funny. Uh, when he was younger, he would have. Well, yeah, but he was 76 years old. He liked it when I messed with somebody else. He didn't like when I messed with him. <laughs> he he always told me he felt sorry for me. He said, I'm sorry that my boys treat you like they do. <laughs> but do we treat you bad? Didn't say you treated me bad. Well, I'm just, I'm just you. saying your dad said, I'm oh, sorry okay. that they treat you the way that they do. So you think dad was disappointed in me or Tony worse, the most? He wasn't disappointed in either one of you. Well, some of the shit Tony's done. He didn't have to bail me out of jail four times. Well, I'm sure it was justified. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'm, sh I'm sure it was justified. But Gary, tell us a story about how you met Dad. Uh, First of all, there's no getting choked up on this deal, okay? Yeah. Dad's in a better place. He's, He's a lot better. Let's try to keep this yeah. a, a very light mood today. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to start slobbering and all that shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Snot running down. I was so freaking tired when I got home from that funeral from crying and shit. Guys wore out. Well, uh, uh, Scott, uh, Scott, uh, what's Scott's last name? I don't know which one you're going to talk about. Tarwater. Tarwater. Tar Tarwater. I didn't think he'd ever quit talking. Oh, I didn't either. <laughs> anyway, uh, Scott's well, a nice guy. Leroy was making a hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no shit. <laughs> Do you know Leroy from Wichita Falls? Yeah, he knows Leroy. Yeah. When, when you get the preacher up there. Oof. Hey, the preacher did a good job, and you did a good job, and I got emotional, and it was hard for me to finish. 
because I, I really couldn't say what I wanted to say. Well, I was I was wore out that night. It was a long freaking day. I'd never buried a parent before and only got one more to go. But it was still, it was a very long day, emotional. But my little grandson, I got upset and crying. He came and got my lap. Reese did. Uh-huh. He was wiping the tears off my face. He goes, Judge, don't cry. It's okay. Yeah. And that I, made me feel so good. I felt bad. Uh, I didn't realize I was chewing gum and I forgot to spit it out. <laughs> And the preacher is deaf. He reads lips. Really? He co- he come up to me afterwards. <laughs> he said, "Let me give you a little advice. Next time you uh, speak publicly, spit out your gum." I said, "Oh shit! I'm sorry. I forgot you read lips, don't you?" He said, "I didn't know what you were saying at <laughs> the time." Yeah, our, our preacher's our preacher's deaf. He had a cochlear implant, and he was like, "There were sometimes you were you would talk, and then you would chew your gum, and I just I didn't know what you were saying." <laughs> You had your lips moving and nothing was coming out. He, shit, he thought I was speaking a different language or he, something. He did a really good job. No, that was Gary. Tex is the one that Tex closed us out. Tex is the one that closed us out. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, Gary, tell us about how you met Dad. Uh, I started duck hunting again. I guess when I was in the early 80s. And uh, I got tired of this getting out there, getting my ass wet, you know, with a fishing pole and all this. I said, now there, there's dogs that do this. And uh, so I went and got a little rug. I, everybody in the world had a black lab, and I didn't, you know, because I've always been a little different, I guess. So I got a rug, a golden retriever for anybody that don't know that. And You damn, still got her today? No. She'd, she'd be 35 years old. No, you still got you still got a golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the same puppy that he had 35 years ago when he met Dad. I okay. understand that. That sucker would have yeah. less hair on its head than you do. Yeah. <laughs> but now he had, I seen Ron down in the park, I, you know, a few times, and I thought, man, I, there's, there's something to training these dogs. I know there is. And so I went up there, met him in the park, and. But it wasn't an accident. I, I planned on that to go pick his brain. Move this a little closer to you, Gary. And uh, You can move it to you. All right. Here, hold on. We're up, uptown here. Put a little, it's not a scratching sniff or nothing like that. Dear. Well, you missed it, Dickie. Steve was telling us about using Viagra earlier. Okay. <laughs> Good subject. Anyhow, he... Uh, he said, you trying to train that dog? I said, well, I'd like to. And he said, you ever seen a trained dog? I, Dad was always real nice and, you he, know, he just he humble about all that, how it went. He, he was uh, very patient. He said, well, heal your dog up. And and I was I was just excited that I knew what heal mean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, he got the boys out. You know, I think it was Hank and uh, Pipe and Hacksaw. Well, it was back in the day. Back back there. Pipe for Pipe was a damn good dog. That was the greatest thing since sliced bread. That know. wasn't then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyhow, he showed me the little drill, you know, called each one of them's name. They did this and that. And it, it was like, well, I'm screwed now. So, <laughs> but uh, that story, and the hunting test come up, and so he got me into that, and uh, – that was pretty interesting. I, I never took that dog hunting until she was uh, about a year and a half old, and I think you 
went with me up in Oklahoma. Yeah, we went incognito in a van because we didn't have a license. <laughs> and I was about 12 years old. I'll never forget that. Was it your brother-in-law we went with? Yeah, my brother-in-law. He, yeah. Uh, it's like, you need to wear some plumbing overalls or something. What did he do? Was he a plumber? No, he was uh, He just had a child molester van. He was... He was in the Air Force, yeah. Yeah, and we went in that van, and we, we yeah, no went incognito, so nobody know nothing. <laughs> we bailed out, like, jumped out of the thing with decoys and shit, and we shut the shit out of the ducks. And, you know, yeah. I remember the guy's name we hunted on. Or oh, I, it was like Tuffy or something. It was a, Tubby, Tubby Lewis. Tubby, yes. Yeah. That's where we were sitting at Tubby's place. Yeah, he's a uh, oh, he – I'm assuming Tubby's not here no more. He's not with us anymore. He's probably uh, shooting shit with Ron now. That's right. Now, you and Ron – Y'all, y'all hit the bar scene a little bit together too, didn't you? They didn't go to a bar scene; they just drank. Well, we, uh, bars took up too much time. <laughs> was, you drank like Dad did. Well, it, we we were in competition. <laughs> so, so you want to drink? Said, well, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was. Uh, I mean, it, you go over and look in the refrigerator, and there was uh, there was dead pigeons in there. Uh, <laughs> He's right. The dead ducks. Uh, look in the freezer. There's one in the freezer, and and there's always Champion Bourbon in the freezer. Champion right. Bourbon. It's and, uh, cheap shit. Do they still make Champion Bourbon? I don't know. They don't I make ever. livers that can handle Champion Bourbon no more. Probably. Probably not. That's I about it. That's about as bad as Bob Hood's R and R. Yeah. <laughs> about the same. Yeah. yeah about nineteen dollars a fifth. Well, well this up, shit wasn't even that, that much. I think it was like nineteen dollars a half gallon or something. <laughs> And it was in the plastic, the good bottles. So if you dropped it, it wouldn't break. <laughs> Champion no, bourbon. They still make it? Fuck, it's expensive. $105. That's because it's antique shit. That shit's 87 years old now. Oh, hold on. Hold, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. That's for, for a case of for six. A case, yeah. <laughs> That's for a case of six. Yeah. <laughs> so $14.50 so a bottle. Still make it. Yeah, you can get it in yeah. the case. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you ought to drink you some Champions Bourbon. We went to Canada, and this is, and Steve, being the, he likes to stay in touch with his dead friends. Bob Hood, who's a good friend of ours, was a writer, outdoor writer for the Fort Worth paper. You're yeah. friends with him, Gary. We all know Bob yeah. here. And Steve, when we were in Canada, decided he was going to get some R and R. Rich and rare is that what it's called? Rich and rich, rare. Rich, rich, rich and rare. rare. <laughs> You're laughing now. So you've seen you've seen Bob drink Rich and Rare, haven't you? <laughs> We're so kill we, go, we go. We <laughs> go. How long are you gonna let like, reach around? No, well, Steve. No. Might, that's after Steve has that Viagra. <laughs> so we have, we have, we stop in Prince Albert, Canada, and we stop at an Indian liquor store. I don't know if it's an Indian liquor store, or when I say Indian, I'm not talking slot machines. I mean, I'm talking slot machines. I'm not talking dots. I'm talking yeah. about full-blooded native Canadian, whatever you want to call them, dudes. <laughs> And that sucker's loaded up with them. And that's all that's there because it's paycheck day. Oh, and yeah. Steve walked, waded through them Indians, like freaking the Lone Ranger, waded through them and got him a bottle was looking around. And Andy had told me, you can buy Crown Royal cheap up here. It so was fucking cheap, wasn't it, Tony, at the airport? It wasn't in Prince Albert at the Indian liquor store. Because <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be like $30 a bottle. Shit was like $65. Fuck, it's just as cheap at home. I can buy the shit and don't have to freaking worry about getting on an airplane and stuff. So Steve goes, fuck that. I'm getting drinking for Bob Hood. So Steve buys him a fifth of Rich and Rare. 
And let me tell you something. Steve had his hat on sideways the rest of the time, and I'd say something to Steve. Damn it, Steve, you're drunk. You ain't ever seen me drunk, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking head. <laughs> Somebody just drunk off his ass for four days. Do you even remember being in Canada? Yes, I do. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't drink like that. You drank till that bottle was gone. You're fine. And it was 19 miles down a gravel road one way to town. So Steve had to make that bottle last three days. I'll go half gallon of that stuff. Oh, Lord. You remember, you remember when we were hunting <clears throat> the hemp field? Yeah. And we shot all, shot all those big geese, and I'd get up and help Andy because I felt sorry for him, and Jeff was ragging on me, and they were jacking with my gun. Brand not, new gun. Not that day. We were, we were undercover. We were undercover. <laughs> We're lucky we didn't get thrown in jail. Kind of like me and you were when we went to Oklahoma on Tubby's place. <laughs> we just didn't have a child molester but band we right were, on. We, we were really uh, with an outfitter. Up the, the well, yeah, we were. Up. It was just a, they were supposed to have a work. Pro- it was a fucked up deal. But it was screwed. Anyway, Steve Steve bought this rich and rare. So, anyways, you and Dad drank a lot of Champion Bourbon. Well, among other things, you know, d- d- Dad's that's right. Dad's house. Dad was not much of a housekeeper. My mom was a neat freak. My grandmother was a neat freak. My dad was a freak. He wasn't on the end of the neat part of the deal. No. And his house had paths through it all the time to his table and wherever it was. And it was a battle all the time with him on stuff. So I wouldn't, me and Tony wouldn't go over there unless we was up on our typhoid shots. (laughs) But that pickup was that way too. His his house was just the same. When he had, when, when the boys, when the other boys, the twins were little, he had to have car seats then. Yep. And shit, he would just have shit on top of the car seats, and it just looked like two little dugouts where those car seats would go. And there was just shit all around that. I've never known a man to not have and, – and that's just the way he was. But my grandmother was a neat freak, and so was my mom. And so, yeah. Dad, maybe he got sick of cleaning shit from being home and being married to my mom. I don't and, know. And that, that pickup was full of mice, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a whole different world. They don't so, drink they – they'd be on his coffee mug in the morning. Ron, yep. you got a mouse on your coffee mug. <laughs> nah, he, he won't drink much. Well, he he would be out shooting pheasant, and he always had four or five water bottles with him. And yeah. when the dogs would come up, he'd give them a drink, and he'd he'd, he'd <laughs> take a drink right after him. Yeah. I'd say, "What are you doing?" He said, "Ain't gonna hurt me. I've been doing it for years." I was worried. You should say I was more worried about the dogs, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you and Dad drank some some booze, and you and y'all trained this dog, and you got your dog trained, yeah. and started going to hunting shows. Yeah, hunt test. Now, Tony had to drive you home one time, didn't well, he? Do you well, remember this uh, story? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. I bet your wife remembers it, and she probably was not real happy with Gary. Probably. She, I like that one's etched right in her brain. <laughs> there. I think Tony was about 12, and you wouldn't go home. You came back. Well, yeah. yeah. Are we not supposed to tell this story? Free people from your church can listen to this. <laughs> Uh, we, it's, we mean, hell, well, I'm guessing we were probably training dogs or something. And, yes. And, uh, y'all kept drinking. And I had, had, had the company truck and it had a, <laughs> had a lift gate on it. And, uh, you know, they were always, I was always ragging Ron. He was, you know, he's a Hank Kennel, you know, Hacksaw Kennel, Pipe Kennel. I just, Princess, that, that, my little daughter named that dog. I didn't have <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> But uh, she named her princess, so go to hunt test with that, you know, and try (laughs) Anyhow, so I'd just tell princess, you know, kennel up here. She'd stand on the lift gate, and I'd lift her up there, (laughs) and she'd go walk off that. Shit. And I, you know, I said, you just really don't care about your dogs, do you? 
we ain't getting on that fifteen hundred dollar lift gate when the son of a bitch can jump in there. <laughs> uh, it, it was fun. It, the, it, he'd uh, never would really get all excited uh, into the liquid until after the hunt test, you know, or getting maybe the last series or something rather, and then then Coors Light be pretty cheap and. <laughs> Going home from, I remember um, maybe more than once, uh, Tony'd be in the middle and I'd be over here at the door and Tony said, Watch this. He, he put the damn uh, electric collar. Yeah, up under his, that high dollar seat cushion that he had there. <laughs> yeah. This, they, I think it was one, one of them that was on the Mayflower, not you know, <laughs> one just like it. The prongs would go right through it and he be driving along here. <laughs> Thought the damn seat cushion dumb oh, his yeah. ass. Thought, thinking it's a yellow jacket or something. Then his, then he finally figured out. You little bastard! I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realize me and Tony did not grow up with Ward Cleaver as a dad. <laughs> you know. Well, it's probably more fun than Ward Cleaver. We had a lot of fun with Dad. Dad, did yeah. a lot of, Dad, Dad, in a lot of ways. Dad was a fun dad. We didn't live with Dad. We, we, we Dad. People are like, are you gonna go stay at your dad's for the weekend? Uh, we don't want to do that. And <laughs> Dad don't want us to do that either. <laughs> we have a nice, clean house that we live in, and that's where we're gonna stay at. But yeah. Dad would take us hunting and fishing, and that's the way Dad Dad was about everything. We went all the time. We did a lot, all the kinds of stuff. I mean, I've been middle of the night at eleven thirty at night, grab a flashlight to go find some fucking frogs that are crossing the road and shit. I mean. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, Dad would anything that would happen like that if it rained and there was a place that might have some frogs. We might do it. I don't remember ever getting very many frogs, but Dad would do things. I mean, you know, if there was a rattlesnake on a road, he'd drive in the middle of the road at twelve o'clock at night, pick you up and go look for rattlesnakes on the road. Just we didn't yeah. have the typical deal. I'll tell you one of the funniest things ever. I was nineteen or twenty years old, and a girl I was friends with, her dog died, drowned in their swimming pool, and um. So I called Dad, and I was like, hey, I said, uh, Cindy's dog died, and um, i got to go get it at the at the house for her. And I said, I need to bury it. Do you have a place? Do you, can I go? Where can I go? He said, I'll go out there to Hammond Road and bury it there. I said, okay. So I got over this house. to peer, this, this has nothing to do with Dad. This is, but I get over this house, and this fucking Sheltie, one of the miniature Lassie dogs, is in the bottom of this fucking swimming pool. Oh. At four foot of water, and it's December. Yeah. And it's probably about 35 degrees outside. And I get there, and she's bawling and stuff. I was like, where's your dad? Oh, he's on Chicago in business. Where's the dog at? Oh, he's in the pool. <laughs> so I got there, and she had a hot sister, smoking hot sister. And they're her mom and her crying, and they're all hugging me. And the hot one keeps hugging me. I'm happy as hell, boy. I'm <laughs> hugging back. Anyways, I had, to get, I had to get the dog out of that pool. That's some bitch weight. I got I picked that fucker up and I dropped him and that water comes shooting out of his orifices. Oh that some bitch weighed seventy five fucking pounds, little old dog. That sucker dropped. So I was like, You want me to bury this dog for you? Take care of it. Can you please? I said, Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm thinking, I'm gonna do I'm gonna throw some bitch in a fucking trash can somewhere. <laughs> can I go with you? Like, fuck. Hadn't rained in about four months at the time. I drove to Hammond Road to do it and we start digging and I hear some glass break. And there's an old house right there. So we'll get in the truck, we drive, and I get to my house, and I call Dad, and Dad said, I'll meet you there, I'll call the sheriff. And we get out there, and some guys were breaking, these black guys were breaking this old lady's house. Or no, it's a, some guys were breaking this house. And there was this big old black deputy in Wichita Falls. He was a big, some bitch, 6'5", he looked like the guy off the Green Mile, big old guy. 
So they get there and they're going to look. And these guys had ran. When the cops got there, they ran off in the woods. So they get there and dad grabs a gun and dad knows two of the deputies. And dad said, we'll find them some bitches. And, and that black guy was standing there. He said, I bet the cop dad said, yeah, you're a big old pussy, aren't you? <laughs> Never forget that. He goes, you just watch the cars while we'll go find these guys. <laughs> but that's the way he was about stuff. He just, and I think that's why I'm so outspoken about things. But wow. dad quit. Dad quit drinking when he moved. Before he moved to Knox City, he daddy quit drinking, and he never drank again. Yeah. And he was a lot. The people in Knox City never knew that Ron, that that rough Ron. They always knew just the rough sober Ron. They didn't know the rough drinking Ron. Well, it, you know when when we were both drinking back, I never. The two he, drunks always love each other. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, why he, that he was, one sober one. Yeah. Though. He was never. Violent. Yeah, never violent. That rowdy or nothing. You know he. I don't know. He could be a belligerent sometimes. Well, like, you know, if there was a little road rage or something back before it was popular, you know, he might, son of a bitch, you know. I, t- I saw uh, him tell the guy one time to pull over, he's going to whoop his ass on Kale during the middle yeah. of the day at noon. Guy cut dad off and then flipped dad off. Was Ron drunk already? No, no, no. Dad hadn't drank a fucking thing, but dad was trying to rip his fucking steering wheel out of his truck at some bitch wouldn't pull over. Dad got up next to him, rolled down his window. He's like, give me something to throw at this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was pissed. You got plenty of shit uh, on the dash, Ron. Yeah. Just start picking. Dad would have hurt this old boy, too. Yeah. That guy wasn't about to get out. He saw Dad's big old freaking Popeye arms. And, Dad, you pull your ass up. And we pulled over in a parking lot. And Dad's out in the middle of fucking Brook Street waving this guy down. Pull over, pull over. Well, hell, I wouldn't have pulled over if I'd said This guy wasn't out. about to pull over. <laughs> this sucker was scared to death. Now, what do you mean when you say he was belligerent sometimes? Oh, I just, Dad, you've been around the dr- someone that's belligerent when they're drinking? Well, yeah, but I mean. That Dad could be that way But, sometimes. I mean, he would just come home that way or no, what? No, no, no. Just I've seen him get kind of rowdy, just like an old drunk, drinker. Would somebody, somebody pushes that button. And just <laughs> get him worked up, yeah. It's on. Would you push that button when he'd been drinking? No, I didn't like Dad when he was drinking that much. I'd stay away from him <clears> when he was drinking. Dad didn't drink. I mean, it wasn't just every day. I mean, but when he was drinking, I'd stay away from him. But when Dad wasn't drinking. Dad was a great guy. Then I'd push his buttons. I mean, I've been pushing his buttons all the time. I've been in the hunting business. That's true. I mean, I've and replaced St- Dad with Steve now, so Steve's how I like to push and buttons. And he, he let me know about you pushing his buttons. <laughs> oh, he'd get mad. He'd say, oh. <laughs> I fight. What's wrong? And he'd say, well, Tony, Tony and Jeff Roman. He didn't ever blame it on Tony. Tony never got blamed for nothing. Well, he, he referred to y'all. He, he referred to y'all as Jeff and then the boy. Jeff and the boys. No, when he Jeff. was when he was mad, he referred to Jeff. But when oh the boys, when something else that they were both involved in, he said the boys are only about such and such. Well, usually ninety nine point nine percent of the reason we had a good reason to be on Dad about stuff. Well, I know, but, but Dad would not listen to me. But I'm the one that would get on to him about everything. It didn't matter. It was like he told somebody one time. He said, "I don't need a wife. I've got Jeff to bitch at me." <laughs> <laughs> And I would. Well, I didn't have the. I didn't have. The, I don't know when he stopped drinking. But Dad I, stopped drinking thirty years ago. Okay, I met you guys at a hunting show. Dad had quit drinking and started yeah. eating bluebell when you met him <laughs> at, at a hunting show in Dallas. Me and my brother Bruce and Jeff said, "Y'all need to come hunt at Knox City. You'll never go to Katie to Katie again." And I met Ron that first weekend we came out here, and I think I told this story at his memorial or funeral. Uh, no, dad, you told it on the podcast before. No, you said it at the memorial, too. My dad was with us, me and Bruce and my dad, and we had dinner in the old house over oh, here. that's right, you did. And uh, I don't even remember who cooked. I know the guy from, from uh, Mount Pleasant was there, the guy. Who, what was his name? 
the D. Woody or Brent Chambers or somebody? Brent. Brent was there. And I don't know. There were six or eight guys, and we got through with dinner. We're sitting around the dinner table, and Ron spun around and picked up a – opened the freezer and got a half gallon of Bluebell, and he ate the whole thing. <laughs> and we went to bed, and my dad said, did you see Mr. Stanfield? He ate that whole half gallon of Bluebell ice cream. We did the same thing the next night. <laughs> <laughs> and the night before that, probably the night before that. Yeah. But I never saw that side of Ron. Ron was – Ron and Bob Hood were as two good a – friends that I've ever had because they were sincere and they were honest. Mm-hmm. And Bob Hood never uh, crowed about what his accomplishments were, but if you read about Bob Hood, you know, I'd pick Bob Hood to come out, out here and I'd say, uh, we're going to do this or what, and he said, no, I'm going to visit Ron before we do anything. And Bob and Ron were tight. Yeah. Uh, and But Ron was Ron lived his last 25 years like he wanted to. Yeah. And I was telling Dickie. He lived the whole 70-something years of that way. I was telling Dickie on the way out here, he didn't worry about tomorrow. No. Get to the end of the day and what you can put off today, we'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd come out here to do dog training, and I'm an early riser. (laughs) And I'd get up at 3.30. And if if you're at the Big Honker Lodge with Ron Stanfield at 3.30, there ain't nothing to do. <laughs> you can't drink enough coffee, and you don't awake. You don't wake the sleeping giant up because he's in his chair. Never would lay down. And Tony and Jeff were on him about that all the time. And I'd say, "How'd you sleep?" And he'd say, "About normal. Wake up every two hours or every hour." But uh, I'd be out here dog training and stay a couple of days, and it was you didn't you didn't get him in a hurry. No, no. Even when it well back when I first. Started hunting with uh, him and Tony. <clears throat> the hunt test kind of evolved into that when hunting season come around. And, and uh, <laughs> I remember the first time I went over here. I'd, I'd probably known Ron. I don't know. Probably met him in the spring. I guess September, October, November, something rather. Four or five months. Yeah. Um, so I'll be over here. Uh, 4.30, something like that. So I went over there. The door was cracked a little bit, and I seen Tony's car there. So I, so I went in, and, and uh, Dad, get up. And there was nothing going on. He said, well, this, this shit's going to this same old shit all the time. So, so a little bit later, he said, Dad, come on, get up. We're going hunting. Gary's here. Gary the fuck who? Oh, <laughs> fucking Gary. And he said, come on, damn it, we're going to be late. He said, leave me alone, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. You know, this, this, you know all by 5 o'clock in the morning. And, and we'd, we'd, I don't think we was ever late hunting. I mean, as far as. Uh, no, Dad never been early to nothing, though. But, uh, I mean, we might have just throwed the last damn decoy out when they were coming in and yes. setting their wings. But, yes. But in the, and then it was uh, – I, I had never hunted like that before. You know, I was down on the coast hunting uh, when I was a kid. And it was – I think I'd been hunting like two I, – I believe it was the third time before I shot a duck. Because it was Ron and Tony. They said, get them. And I'm like – Okay, this, this show's over. <laughs> About three seconds of it, and uh, then I got it figured out. We uh, 
we 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 shot a lot of ducks growing up, lots of ducks. Yeah. Our limit was a hundred shells. We'd take a hundred shells with us, and when we shot our hundred shells, we'd go home. Sometimes we'd have fourteen ducks. Sometimes we'd have seventy three. And the statute of limitations is ran off on all this shit. <laughs> yeah. But when I was, I'm telling you, when, <clears throat> when I was in junior high and early years of high school and even elementary, my last couple of years, we shot a lot of birds. We had a hunt one time. We shot 26 canvas bags. Oh. <clears throat> the three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and Tony were 12 and 10, but it didn't count because we were not going to get in trouble. Dad's ass would got fired from the fire station, probably. But that was the normal deal with us. We would take 100 shells out, and we would shoot. And luckily, that's where I learned my distaste for cleaning birds. I never got to clean birds. I always figured a way to get out of that shit. I remember uh, when season was over one year in January, and it was a cold year. I mean, cold, cold. It was that cold, cold winter. Dad had like 300 ducks in his, in his garage to clean. <laughs> I remember coming back from a hunt one time with well, we went up to Oklahoma and uh, we had to stop there at, at uh, Stew, the oh shit, Hatton Road Liquor Store. I, I think he had Stewart. A, Stewart. He had an account there, I believe, or something. That's where he got his champion. Yeah. For $89 and, uh, a case. So, anyhow, we're, we stopped there and then uh, uh, Stewart and his son come over to the house. And I mean, you know, it's, it's an hour from Oklahoma. To Ron's house, which I live down the street, so there was there was plenty of time for Champion Bourbon on the way back from Oklahoma, and then he he stopped and got beer there, whatever at the liquor store, and Stu and his son come over, and I'm out here cleaning ducks, and and Ron's telling you know this kind of ducks and this and that and everything, I'm going to be freaking hero or you know it's not me. Mr. Outdoorsman, I eat this raw duck. Cool. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to impress this eight-year-old kid. <laughs> you know, here I am, 30 years old, drunk. So you took a bite of the raw duck. Yeah, I said, here, you just do like that. You know, like you see on the Dancing with the Wolves, they take the buffalo heart, and they, it was like. How was it? It bounced real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he was always, uh, when we'd hunt together, he never wanted to when when we hunted and it was fifty degrees. He'd say, "Leave him till tomorrow. We'll get him in the morning." <laughs> and I said, "We're gonna hunt in the morning." He said, "Well, they'll be fine." And I'd say, "Ron, these birds need to be at least they need to be gutted." Yeah. But I used to come up here and bring pigeons yeah. to my my present dog Thunder, who'll be six in December. When I first I took him to a trainer in Bedford named uh, not Bedford and. Hold on, we got in trouble one time for talking bad about an outfit, a trainer, so just no, say a trainer. No, this was Beverly. Everybody knew Beverly uh, Montgomery. So we get her she ass was, shoot out. <laughs> no, she, died, she died about six months Okay, we're ago. safe then. Okay. But she was in the circle with all these trainers that Dad ran with. It was Robbie's wife, right? Yes. And uh, Thunder stayed six months, and she, I don't know that she ever put him on a bird. Well, I got him out here, and he said, he doesn't act like he likes birds. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll be back. What do we need to do? And he said, find a place to bring some pigeons. Buy some pigeons. And bring you should have heard what I said about that dog when you left. Well, there's no telling. I told Dad, I said, that dog is fucked. I said, Steve got hosed on that deal. <laughs> Dad, I'll make that dog a good dog. His way told me. That's anyway. good. Dog's got a lot of talents, what Dad said. Anyway, I bought some pigeons and paid $10 a piece for them. God almighty. 
$8, don't remember. Brought them out two or three days later. And he said, make sure you give them water and give them something to eat because they're just like us. They need moisture and stuff. Brought them out here and Thunder went goofy and he tore the first two completely to oblivion. And there was one leg that had two or three feathers on it. <laughs> yeah. And he said, don't throw that away. We can use that on another dog. I said, dog can't even find this thing. We're going to throw it away. He made, he put them in the back of his truck and kept them. They're probably still back <laughs> they're there. Probably still back there. <laughs> probably still back there. Where is his truck? Uh, Do we still have it? Yeah. it's. Uh, where is it at? Breckenridge right now. Did they ever call about it? Mm-mm. So let me tell you something. That's been a hassle because I called and I told him, I said, listen, I said, I need to know about my dad's account. I said, I know he's got a little bit of life insurance. I said, we've paid for the funeral already. I said, I need to know about his truck payment. Didn't know if he had a lot because a lot of times they'll make you get like you'll have life insurance on a note even. So I didn't know if they had that. So she goes, okay. She goes, she goes, oh, she goes. That all goes to his estate, so I'd have to talk to his attorney or his estate. I was like, ma'am, we were talking about Ron Stanfield. <laughs> I said, I love my dad to death, but I am his estate. I said, uh, all I want to know is how much he owes on that truck. If he owes on that truck more than what it's worth, I'm going to let you know where to come get it at, or we'll bring it to you. If he owes less than what it's worth, I'll write you a check for it, and we'll just pay it off. Well, I appreciate that, sir, but I can't tell you nothing. So another week come by and another week. Finally, the third week, I got to talk to a lady there, and she told me, I said, listen, just tell me what the balance is on it. I said, ma'am, we're not, we're not Epstein's kids. We're not splitting up billions of fucking dollars here. We're talking about we're dollar heirs here. We might be fucking ripping coins together to split up. I said, we don't even, we're not even worried about that. So we're not greedy or nothing. We just want to find out what, you know, trying to do it. So anyways, she told me, she goes, well, sir, she goes, usually we'll give a family two, three, four months before they figure out what they want to do on something like that. I said, okay. So, anyways, Tony's son has some car problems, and so he's using it while his car's in the shop getting head of wreck. Did well, it get cleaned out? No, it's all clean. Oh, is it? Yeah, everything's did, ready to go. Did he have anything left? There's a whole bunch of shit, Steve. You're welcome to go through a pile of stuff. It's all mine. Yep, we left it to you. He told me, he said, whatever y'all, he said, whatever y'all don't want, give to Steve. I said, okay, so Steve, you back up to room nine and get everything I've out of there. A, I've got a scoop so we can, we can split it. If you There's want. a lot of yeah. like the dog training stuff. Dad's got a lot of valuable stuff. Dad also has a lot of stuff that he kept that nobody else would. Styrofoam containers for food. I've never understood. I guess NASA is going to run out of them one day. No, no. My mom, God rest her soul, has been dead 13, 14 years. My dad's been dead 15 or 16. When we moved her out of, after my dad died, she was. we moved her into assisted living. She grew up in the Depression. Mm -hmm. And we went upstairs to get everything out of the attic, and there was hundreds of microwave TV dinner trays. And I said, <laughs> what are you doing with these? And she said, never will know when you might need them. <laughs> Enough for a whole town. Oh, I'm believe it. She just wash them out and stick them up there? Put them in a stack. And she had, she had, People that don't, people had, today's generation has no have no, no idea how bad those people had it and went without. We had a, we had an estate sale one of my daddy's good friends went through all their stuff and my dad had some really nice antiques and the family got first stop of what and we paid for it and put the money in the estate that was the e that was the easy way to do it and then we split it up but she had 
five closets of clothes. She had she had three pickup loads that I took to Goodwill. She didn't get rid of anything, nothing. Mm. But that's just the way that generation grew up. Yeah. And they didn't get a bailout like we did. No. And a second one, maybe. You know, uh, I, I, when I was in seventh grade, my history teacher was a lady named Miss Parks. And that lady hated my guts, and I didn't like her very much either. But she told me something that I'll never forget. She told me in seventh grade, she was talking about brushing her teeth, and she said, you kids need to learn turn your water off while you're brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. You just, and I just let it run. And and I remember this in seventh grade. She goes, because I remember when I was a kid, we didn't have running water. And she goes, one day in your lifetime, Man. you're going to wish you to turn that water off when you brush your teeth. She goes, she goes, we waste billions and billions of gallons of water in this yeah. country. That's but true. I, and I'll never forget that. But I was in seventh grade. But I was that would have been in 1980, and she was maybe 82, and she was 65 years old. So she had grown up at the, in the Depression. Yeah, you know. In 1917, she was born, so she was 10 or 11, 12 years old during the Great Depression. She remembered that stuff. We were listening to a pod, it was a Joe Rogan podcast, had Peter Schiff on it. Tony and I were listening to it the other day, and he said that during the Depression, they actually had more money than we do now because everybody back then had a savings account. That's why they didn't need a bailout. That's why people, that's why they didn't have to pass a stimulus in the Depression because everybody had a savings account. Everybody had a rainy day fund. Well, most everybody lives on credit. Today. today yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, well not like, you because we've tried to run your credit card a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> tell you a story about jeff and, and dad was in the office and he was totally shocked at what jeff did to me <laughs> i was paying i had a big hunt coming up here i don't even remember how long ago it was may have been paying for canada i don't remember no it wasn't anyway I turn was, your microphone a little bit to you i was paying three thousand dollars I thought you said it was a big hut. Well, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) It it turned it down. I didn't turn it down. Bank of America did. No, it was uh, a visa. And uh, I said, run it again, please. It turned down again. Well, I got on the phone. Steve just did not have the heart to tell us he didn't have the money. (laughs) And my brother was out here. And he said, oh, my God. Yeah, I noticed Craig didn't offer to pay for you. Yeah, no, you're going to ruin our family name with bad credit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I called the guy and I said, hey, I'm paying a deposit on a hunt or something, and I'm in Knox City, Texas. What's the problem? Well, you're out of your area, and this is unusual, this size purchase in your area that you usually run this credit card. Yeah. And I said, well, this, this outfitter is going goofy. Would you please run it? And she said, well, let me talk to the outfitter. And she, he, Jeff said, please run it. This guy's fixing to take his pants off and throw a damn fit <laughs> in my office. And they finally uh, ran it. But it was, it was a big deal. I, they, did, they like to never let me live this down. But there's been countless. He's walked away many times on me money. <laughs> he sent a check for Dad's scholarship fund July 4th. July 3rd. July 3rd. His wife sent a condolence card the same day. Well, I got her card three days later. Steve still hasn't got his check. He hasn't got here yet. But I brought him a check today to replace it. And I'm so. supposed to cash it October 4th, he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. No, Ron was, Ron was, Ron was a uh, hero. 
in a lot of people's eyes, and he had people that would, that really loved to come out here and just sit and talk to Ron because he had countless stories all the way from Wichita Falls to Canada uh, to Alaska, back down to Knox City. It, and it, a we, real pleasure to talk to. We were we were in Alaska. That 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 embarrassed me a lot of times in my life, and uh, I don't ever embarrass my children, so I know now how they feel. <laughs> But can't go anywhere to eat with him, because so, something's always wrong. He always oh. wants to talk to the manager. Who God, you? I've never talked to a manager over eating. You're always pissed. I've never. You're seen always that. upset with your food or somebody's service. No, I'm not. It's Any, embarrassing. Anyways, Dad, we 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 go to Alaska, and we we take a red eye where everything's red eye. We get to uh, Fairbanks about one in the morning. So in Texas time, it's like five or six in the morning. I'm tired. I'm freaking we wiped out. Yeah. Long day flying. And we go to Denny's, the northernmost Denny's in the world is what it says on the sign. We go in there to order something. We walk in the door, and Dad's like, right, Damn, Bill, how you doing over there? Hey, Bob, over and shakes hands with these two guys. I'm like, what the fuck? And we go sit down. I go, who's that? Awesome, guys. I know it trained dogs out of Idaho. <laughs> like, Son of a bitch. I mean, just like he sees them every day. Hey, Bill, you know, like he was going in buds here at the round table. Hey, well, good seeing you, Ron. Shakes hand, goes and sits down with this. Then we were in Mexico one time. Me, Tony, and Dad were fishing. And they had a silver shop down below. And me and Michelle, I was going to buy her something. Learned a lesson. You never buy nothing for your wife that she can't take back. No shit. And so I bought Michelle some dangly <laughs> little fucking earrings or some shit. And me and Tony, I'm looking for some shit for her to buy. And I hear Dad talking. And I'm like, who the fuck's Dad talking to? Tony goes, you know how Dad is. And Dad comes up. I go, who you talking to? Oh, Jack. He pheasant hunted with us last year down there. He ended up here fishing. I mean, it's everywhere we go. Every place you go, Dad knew. Everybody, you know. Anyways, we're on that flight back from Alaska, and Dad, Dad got him one of them fucking little DHS video kit recorders. The worst thing ever for him to have. You know, I know now, Payne will get on to me sometimes about I shouldn't have anything, you know, you don't need a damn phone that videos and, do, you know. So Dad's got this little recorder, and he's recording, and he's recording the stewardesses on this airplane. <laughs> and this lady comes up. She goes, "Sir, sir, uh, you you can't rec- you can't record us while we're working." Dad goes, "Oh, that's okay, honey. I'm just recording the pretty ones." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm telling you, he uh, when he, uh, when he passed, I was, my neighbor lady was outside, and when we were remodeling my house, she's an older lady. She's 85, and they got to be big buddies. She's like, "Yeah, I just I, I'm I'm sad to hear that about Ron, you know." She said, we would talk for hours at night, and he'd break about every 45 minutes and say, well, I got to go pitch real quick. <laughs> yeah. Set the phone down, and they, she said, we just talked for hours, just two old people. And she said, now, Ron loved the women. <laughs> I, said, <clears throat> I said, yes, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he did. And well, <laughs> my wife. Some of the shit he said. My wife saw pictures of him when he was – Kathy saw pictures of him when he was younger, 25 to yeah. 30, and she said, he is Hollywood yeah. good-looking, and he was a nice-looking man. That's when he was in the music business. Dad had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot Al- of fun. Alibaba and, Alibaba and the Alibaba Thieves. Alibaba and the Thieves. What's the name of it? Was Alibaba and Thieves. His dad and Tim Black guys. They'd play, <laughs> they, they'd play the music, and the... The entourage would go out and they'd steal every hubcap out of the, <laughs> off the cars out in the parking lot. You know that question I asked you earlier if you'd slept with a black girl, Steve? You remember when I asked you that? Uh-huh. Yeah, and you, and you declined to answer that on, 
on tape. I, Anyways, Dad, I asked Dad that one time, and Dad goes, Dad goes, well, I thought I did till I saw a black guy sleep with a black girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was he enjoyed life. Uh, Dad had a good life. I've had so many yeah. people call, and they're like, they call, and they're like, man, how y'all doing? We're doing fine. Dad was seventy six years old, and Dad was suffering and miserable. He's in such a better place. Yeah. I mean, I I was I got sad at the funeral just because it's old memories and stuff. But I'm not sad. Dad's passed away. Dad's in a lot better spot. Yeah. Well, Tony called me the day before he died, and Kathy and I'd been up here that Sunday. Had a real good visit. He looked good. Brother. He didn't look good. He looked like warmed over no, death. No, he looked pretty good that day on Sunday because you, you were there. His birthday. You came by his birthday, and that little bitty late that little bitty nurse when we walked in, we started singing Happy Birthday, and she sang Happy Birthday with us. I don't, I don't remember what her name was. She had a son or something that you asked about. Well, that could be any lady in town. I think it was Tanya. Anyway. Yeah, her uh, son. Yeah, it's Tanya. Tony called me that afternoon. I talked to him that night, and I talked to Dad virtually every day for the last two years. And it was it was always the same. What's going on? Did you sell anything today? And I said, well, that's, that's what I do. That's right? what he asked me every day, too. Yeah, I, I sold something today, Ron. That's what I do for a living. Uh, <laughs> I just I should have said that. How are you doing? Oh, I'm... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, you getting any exercise? Well, I'm whatever. And then Tony called that afternoon about 3 o'clock, and he said, uh, Dad wants to talk to you. And I was, I guess that was on a Monday because he died that Tuesday morning. And he said, hey, buddy, I have thrown in the towel. He said, I can't take it anymore. I heard everywhere. And I said, well, what are you saying? I said, Ron, hold on. Try to get through the night. Maybe it'll be the matter it'll be better tomorrow and he said no he said i just want to thank you for being my friend and and being a friend to our family and you mean the world to me well that's that's pretty hard to take and mm-hmm. and then jeff called the next morning i think you were on the way to the hospital probably so i wanted to do a podcast after he died and tony we talked did. me out of it we no, did do a podcast i mean before i pulled in the driveway and tony met me at the gate and tony goes hey they just called me to the National Gay Midget Conference. And <laughs> no, Tony, Tony, Tony told me. He said, "Hey, the hospital just called. Dad just passed away." I said, "Okay." I said, "Me and Andy got to do a podcast." I said, "Let us knock this out real quick." I said, "That's what Dad would want to do." Tony goes, "Well, do you want to go see Dad?" I said, "Well, Dad's Dad's dead now. There's I'm not going not much for me to say to him." And did, want to hit the emergency's over. Yeah. So we did came, y'all did y'all see him after? Well, mm-hmm. we came in here and then Andy, I told Andy, I was, I was like, um, hey, dad passed away. And so Andy got on the phone. I had to call Michelle and let her know. And I think Michelle and Jesse took it harder than anybody did. And then um, I was relieved. Dad was miserable. I've been wanting dad, I've been begging for the last nine months for dad to pass away. Well, dad was wanting to, but he didn't want to until the last week. Right. Because he told me a week before he died, he said, I'm ready to go. So, anyways, Tony goes, I think it'd probably be a good good idea for us to go see Dad. Yeah. Well, he told me that Sunday that Kathy and I were up here. I said, how's your uh, pain tolerance? And he had to – I know I leaned over to give him a kiss on the forehead when we left. And he had that big buck knife, and that thing was about that long. And I picked it up, and you you made a comment about, what do you got that big knife up for? <laughs> he said, my needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what but, he, that's what he fell <clears throat> he fell right before yeah there. picking he his dro- knife up dropped his knife dropped his knife and fell at the damn hospital and the lady had to go get him <clears throat> they I, broke his ribs and I guess they declined to do X-rays because it's yeah. fucking a fix. Well, I asked uh, I asked him that day before we left. I said, "What's your what's your pain level?" And he said, "It's past ten. Mm-hmm. He said everything hurts, and he said they can't give me enough pain medicine. 
See, we had gotten there uh, Sunday, which was his birthday and Father's Day, that afternoon. And they 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 told us when we walked in, they said he's been he's had a really good day, but he's probably going to be tired. He's had visitors all day, and he he was he could he could barely keep his eyes open. Was that the day we had been there? Yeah. Yes. That's Sunday. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So y'all had been there all morning, and then we yeah, got we, there that that, and then he he told us, he said, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be here. Yeah. He, well, we were there about an hour and a half, but he was a really good person. I loved him to death, and he was just a joy to be around. Yeah. And he was always upbeat, and I never heard him say anything bad about anybody other than Joe Biden. <laughs> no, Barack Obama. Barack oh, yeah. Obama. Yeah. And Michelle Obama. Yeah, yeah. He, He's a lot of references to her. Yes. T- Tony's about a lot. About her penis. Tony, yeah. Tony's a lot like my dad. Tony's got a lot of the same personalities dad has. Um, Tony, Tony does. Tony never says anything bad about nobody. It takes a lot to really make Tony mad. Tony will stop and help anybody. Um, my mom must be a real asshole because I get a lot of that <laughs> traits I guess from her because I don't get them from t- but Tony Tony's a lot like my dad in that way yeah. well, a I, whole lot of like both there's a right way the wrong way and their way of fucking doing things it don't matter you can't tell them nothing I know I know your mom called you that Sunday when we were there she talked to dad Sunday she, she talked to dad Sunday and he told her he loved her yep before he hung gave the phone back to Tony they yeah. had a weird relationship. Is she going to move to Knox City? <laughs> That's another. <laughs> Tony's the good son. Every family's like, like your brother Craig was probably the good son in y'all's family. He reached out and there for your mom all the time and stuff. I'm the good son Are in you? the family. Tony, Tony's the good son in our family. Tony goes, still does stuff for my mom. I get frustrated with things. I'm not a very patient person, and Tony is. Well, I, I have my spurts. But. Tony is a lot better. But Tony's a lot like my dad. My dad's good traits Tony has. Tony used to get drunk, get in fights, and get thrown in jail, just like dad. You know? And, and my mom's never been in jail. Neither have I. <laughs> well, dad had a good time. Dad had a lot of good times. Now, I had a lot of good times that dad had. He passed down a lot of that. I just time. wasn't a drinker, and I could talk my way out of fights. Tony and dad always had to fight their way out of fights. Well, I never saw that side of Ron, and he always – Dad, dad's the, the dad's the last 30, 35 years. Dad, dad wasn't a wild guy. Dad had a lot of fun. Dad was well liked on the fire department. Those guys thought the world of dad. And dad was just a he was a man's man. Well, and he always was. He told he told me a story one time when he was on the fire department in Wichita Falls that uh, he was under the he needed some pigeons, and he had a fishing net on a a fishing cane fishing pole. And he'd go down the under. The cane fishing pole. I've not heard that in a long time. <laughs> on the, under the overpasses or the bridges in downtown Wichita Falls. By Atterbury's. And he yeah. would he would get down there and he'd spook those pigeons. And when they'd fly out, he'd swoop at them and he'd catch one out of about <laughs> every fifth. Well, he said he looked up and three black and white showed up with their lights blinking. <laughs> I said, Ron, what are you doing? He said, hell, I need some pigeons for training. They said, well, we just had a call that there was an idiot down there trying to catch fishing, trying to catch pigeons in a fishing net <laughs> on a cane pole. And he said, they should have known it was me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't scared of nothing and going anywhere. No. I'm telling you what, when I was probably, I was in junior high one time and I was in some guys, I was, they were talking about their dad's doing something. One guy, should my dad do that? I'll just go, I'll just slap him upside his head. Another kid did that. And a buddy of mine looked at me and goes, I bet you ain't gonna slap your dad upside <laughs> the head. I said, no. I, we hunted a lot. 
well, we got to hunt a couple, couple times. I guess the last time we hunted together was when we had that, you had that year in shoot year before last. Yep, yeah. We shot all the ducks. Yeah, you didn't have one last and year. And you shot the, we shot the banded pintail that you gave away. I gave it to Reese. Well, I know, but that wasn't even yours to do it. And you cut the leg off. We was going to mount the bird. <laughs> you fucked that all up, Steve. But go ahead. Where were, you, where were you last year? Because we did a little goose hunt on the hern. Oh, that was. Oh, he I was in high cotton hanging out with his other friends. He was hanging out with his rich friends. I don't know. Probably. I don't know what happened. I remember that, but something something came up. Or I was Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, two years ago we hunted. There was a lot of water, and in the corner where the oh the T the T. Yeah, you, you and Dad did a hunt by yourself. Dad got yeah. stuck, couldn't get up. Yeah, we did. We did two hunts on Saturday and Sunday morning. And he got stuck Saturday. Zach had to stop in the truck and come get him. God Almighty, I couldn't get him out of the mud. Mm. And he was sitting. He was sitting on the. He said, "I'll be okay." And I was telling. <laughs> I was telling Dicky on the way out here. One another story. We were. Raven was out here, and he had bred Raven to Thunder. I mean to Hank. And I don't remember if it was the first first time or the second time. And I was going to meet him at the Alsops in Throckmorton. Bet he was on time. No. <laughs> I got to Throckmorton and to the Alsops, and I called him. I said, where are you? And he said, I got a flat. I'm sitting on the side of the road. And Tony got my jack and my lug wrench. Tony and me have never taken anything of his in his lifetime. When he, when he died, we went through and got all of our fucking tools back. He didn't have any tools. <laughs> and I said, well, just. 30 years of shit he'd accumulated from us. Just. just Sit tight, I'll be there in a little bit. And when I got there, he was sitting on a spare tire. <laughs> and thund- and Raven was in the crate. Yeah. And Hank had worked her over for three days. To get in your Viagra. Oh, and she, <clears throat> she was ready to get out of that crate. And I said, you don't have anything? He said, Tony got my jack. Tony, what have you ever taken Dad's jack? Anyway, Never. Anyway, I had to get my jack out of the truck and cranked it up. And he, his spare tire would look like bald, probably. You wouldn't even burn it in a trash pile. It was so bald. <laughs> <laughs> and I and he had four or five of them in the back of the truck, just one rim. Uh huh. And I got it jacked up, and he sat there and told me how to do it. And I said, <laughs> "Ron, listen, <laughs> this is not fun. It's hot. I got sweat in my eyes. <laughs> now shut up, and I'll get this tire changed." And we finally got it changed, and he said. Well, I guess I don't have to go to Throckmorton. I said, really? <laughs> and I said, what would you have done if I had to been coming out here? And he said, some farmer would have stopped and helped me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. Because Dad would stop for help for anybody, so he thinks everybody's going to do that. That's as far as his plan would have gone, too. Somebody will be there. He never, ever planned anything. Oh, God. I'm talking about my whole life. I've just Dad lived by the seat of his pants and had so much fun. And that's what people, I've had so many people say, well, you know, what, 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 what did he go places and do anything? Yeah, he hunted and fished. He ran dogs. He played music. He did everything his life he wanted to do. He woke up happy every day. And didn't take care of anything. No, and never cared to. Didn't even worry about it. I don't think he's filed taxes in 17 years. And he was getting money back for 17 years straight. <laughs> he didn't have to pay in. He's, no. he's going to get money back. Yeah. And, he, and he's getting a Social Security check plus his retirement. Yeah. Normally, they, they confiscate your retirement and, and pay your taxes. But he didn't make any bones about he didn't, it. He, he, said, didn't, he didn't care. 
No. And, but he's been that way forever. It would used to frustrate me, drive I, me crazy. But he was happy. I don't file my, I don't file taxes. I haven't filed them in ten or twelve years. He got audited one time. Yeah, he told me that the. the I think audit, that was the last time he filed taxes. The auditor told him that he was more prepared and organized than she was. That's hard to believe. No, he did. He used to keep fucking. I mean, he everything kept, he in kept a file, books. every fucking thing filed. It well, might be seven years late, but it was all there. <laughs> if I needed a set of dog papers, uh-huh. he, he had right, He knew right where they were. Yeah. And I, how yeah. he, I don't know if he kept them in his truck or if he kept them in his house. I went to his house one time, and the two boys from Alabama, the uh, twins, the Shane twin, and Brody, Shane and Brody, were eight or nine years old, and Helen. Is it Helen, the lady from Wichita Falls? Oh, well, you're going to cause problems now. He's no, dead. Now you're, no, Gail. 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 Uh, we never met Helen. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, had, the, I had the name wrong. I, I drove up, and I gave two boys each a Ducks Unlimited ad, and I said, what's up? And he said, you know, Dad's got a lady friend that's been over here. I think he needs to marry her because she cleaned his house up. <laughs> <laughs> he hated. He had that heart. He had his heart attack, and, and Tony's ex-wife cleaned his house. Ooh, shit! He was mad when he got home. Moved all of the stuff. Well, knew where everything was. It's when, all moved now. When you got married, y'all had a party, and Kathy and I were on a cruise. Mm-hmm. And Raven had had her first litter of puppies, and Ski was working out here. And Ron was not in the best of health then. He was kind of sick. I don't remember. That's after he's had a heart attack. No, 2011 when we got married. Oh, I think that was right. But he had lung cancer. That's when he first. No, no that would have been. Two th- I don't when, remember what oh. was going on. When did he have that? He had triple. He had yeah. six bypasses yeah. in 2000. When, when 2006. And he fall gra- of 06. Yeah, fall of 06 he had that. But anyway, whatever. He wasn't feeling good. And I called, I called Ski and I said, would you take care of these puppies? Kathy and I are going to be gone for two weeks. Not a problem. Oh, my God. You'd have thought I'd have... Pissed him off? Oh, shit. He called me on the phone. He said, them puppies are not staying with Ski. <laughs> I said, Ron, where are you going to keep them? He said, we're going to clean the barn out and build a whelping box. They were only seven, eight days old. And I came out and brought those puppies, and it took us eight hours clean that barn. I can I can top your story with he one. He had forty he had forty dog food sacks full of trash. <laughs> I said, What are you gonna do with them? He said, Oh, I'll take them to town. I said, No, let's put them in the back of my truck because when I get back off this cruise, they'll still be sitting there. And I said, Where'd I put them? He said, Take them downtown and put them in a dumpster. And that's the only way I'd let him keep those dogs. Yeah, as mayor boy, I got an ask you over that. <laughs> so anyways, Dad, I'll tell you a funny story. We go to Alaska, the time we go to Alaska we're going to leave on September 8th or 9th or whatever it is. It's 110 freaking degrees here then. And the plan was we're leaving. We're flying out of Dallas at 7 o'clock in the morning the next day. So I go home, Wichita Falls. I'm leaving. And Tony's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Wichita. I'm going to go out tonight. I'm going to Alaska. Next day I'm going out. I'm going to Cheyenne Cattle Company where I go all the time. Dad, where are you going? I said, to Wichita. It's like noon probably. Oh, or is it, it's been early in the morning. I go, why, what do you fix to do? Oh, we're fixing to lay some concrete. I go, what? Dad had to build, do you remember that, Tony? Had to build dog kennels so he could go to Alaska to put his dogs up the day before we're going to leave. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> and I left. I was like, I told you, you know, it's just, but that's why he'd do shit. The day before y'all leave, he decides to pour concrete. The good son over there got stuck <laughs> in the middle of it. Holy shit. Those kennels right down there. 
the day before. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the, the guy showed up at like 9 or 10. I'm fixing, I've got my shit loaded in my truck. I'm fixing to go to Wichita. Fire. I'm going catting for the night. Go have some fun. And what do I see? Fucking cement truck. <laughs> I go, I go, I guess some bitch must be lost, Dad. No, we're fixing to put some kennel. Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Wichita. Oh, you're not going to be here today? I said, fuck no, I'm leaving. Just oh, timing. perfect timing. So yeah. I talked to Tony that night. What God damn, till six o'clock at night, pouring fucking kennels to get these kennels ready and shit. I said, Dad, we're leaving at seven in the morning. God, I'll be there. My God, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> he probably pulled up. Get on the airplane. He pulls up with all his shit at the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> he get on the plane. <laughs> like shit. He beat, he beat anything I ever saw on, on that kind of stuff, and I, I was amazed. At, I said, Are there any stakes in this uh, garage? He said, Just be careful. There probably is. <laughs> Just be careful. <laughs> But I mean, it was it took it took eight hours to clean that thing out. I wasn't gonna spend the night. Hell, I was wore out. Yeah. yeah. I said, Ron, I'm gonna go sleep at the lodge. And he said, Well, let's get to, let's finish the weapon box, and the dogs will be fine. We started so many projects. I, I'm telling you, as a kid, me and Tony, we we. Dad, and I'm telling you right now, Dad's attic in Wichita Falls, there's probably still decoy boxes in there. There'd be a the middle of the night, and Dad'd be like, oh, damn, well, I've got them new damn G&H green wing teal. He loved them <laughs> things. He said, there's four dozen of them up there. Let's tie them up and wait. Dad, it's 11 o'clock. Gary's going to be here at 4.30 in the morning to go Lake Arrowhead, you know? <laughs> I damn, we got time. Fucking 1 o'clock in the morning, fucking tying decoys and shit up. Well, I'm telling you what, he got a, I thought I got about less, a, a little bit of sleep. Dad used to tell me he can sleep when he's dead, so he's sleeping now. I don't know how he did. I mean, I always told Jeff, Jeff and Tony. I said, enjoy him while he's here. He's not, he's not real fast, but he's steady, and he'll there, do. There, there he'll, wasn't a sense of urgency. No. that could be no. I issue. can't imagine him being a fireman. No shit. <laughs> he forgot his pants one day. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he's on the back of a truck with his underwear on and boots. It was a nice little brisk breeze going. So I was sitting on, and that's back when they rode on the back of trucks. He said, "I'm driving in there and I looked down and I fucking forgot my pants." <laughs> we, we talked about we talked about breathing all that heavy smoke, and he said, "When I was in the thick things, he said we didn't we didn't have masks. You know, we had some." Some makeshift masks that we were supposed to wear, but he said they weren't any good. And he said everybody smoked. And he mm-hmm. said you'd be in this this room fighting a fire, and you'd have a break, and you couldn't see two feet in front of you. And somebody'd say, "Hey, I need a light." They'd say, "Look down at your feet. Pick up an ember and light the cigarette." And he, he said they smoked all the time in there when they were breathing that heavy smoke. Different. I said he just needed one match a day. Right. Different, different breed of dude. I uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know how he he did so much and he never slept, never slept. Nope. I don't think he ever got a solid like eight hours. My, my friend Harry was a cop in Knox City forever, and Harry used to tell me all the time, "Well, I see your dad at the most just weird times." He said, "You know it. I'll be at Allsup's at one in the morning. And there goes Ron going through town." And he said, <laughs> "Then you see him at five o'clock in the morning. There goes Ron, and then sometimes it's ten o'clock at night." And he said, "Sometimes it's all three times in the same night." I'm like what the hell? I was telling Dickie on the way out here. I guess three years ago, he had taken some uh, uh, dove hunters out, and he was coming back to the lodge, and he went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And he clipped that telephone pole. And he didn't tr- clip the telephone pole. He broke it. He took it out. He took it out, and the, the telephone pole fell right on top of his truck, and he stopped right on the doorsteps of his church. Where he was going. <laughs> he was going to be there in a couple hours anyway, so he just yeah. he beat the preacher there. On Sunday mornings during dove hunting, we leave here. We Everybody gets out of here, and we go back and usually – we go back to bed and watch to sleep and get up and watch TV. It's good. Week, dove, dove weekends are long. So I got back to the house, and 
my cell phone was buzzing. And Michelle goes, who's calling? I was like, shit, it's probably a hunter. I look at my phone. I said, no, it's a, it's a cell phone out of Seymour. So I push ignore. Lay back down, goes off again. She goes, what is it? I said, fuck, I, I, it's probably some farmer. It's got some birds on him or something calling me. I said, I'll call him after I wake up. I'm going to take a nap. Turn it off again. And the house phone rings. I was like, fuck, this ain't good. And then the scanner goes, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, something's happened. And I answer the phone, and it's like, hey, Jeff, this is Teddy. Hey, your dad's had a wreck down here. He's okay. It's across from the grocery store. I said, okay, I'll be down there in a minute. And then they call that fire department and then the ambulance. I was like, shit. So I called Andy. I said, hey, dad's had a wreck right across the grocery store. He said, pick me up. So I swing my pick Andy up. Fuck, we start driving down the road and there's shit debris everywhere. <laughs> For two blocks. For, yeah. Mailboxes, <laughs> telephone poles, all kinds of shit. I'm like, fuck. And then his truck hits that slope and goes up 12 feet and lands on the fucking porch of the truck. I'm like, God damn, that must have been a ride. So I said, first thing I said to dad, and I chew on dad's ass a lot when he did stuff. I'm like, dad, did you fall asleep? Yep. Yep. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> Wasn't yep. no fucking, didn't make no excuse or nothing. I was like, son of a bitch. I said, and, and then my brakes wouldn't work. I said, what do you mean the brakes wouldn't work? I oh, damn, I'm trying to stop for two blocks. You wasn't hitting the fucking brakes. She's hitting the gas pedal. <laughs> yeah, he did. <coughs> he woke up when all hell was breaking loose and he was yeah. pushing the gas instead of thought it was the brakes. He goes, I never did think I was going to stop. <laughs> Well, and, then, and then Logan told me, he said, hey, Ron, we need to take Ron to the hospital. Because he said, when that adrenaline goes away, he's going to be sore. Now, I ain't going to the yeah. hospital. I ain't going to the hospital. 15 minutes later, after the ambulance leaves, I you better take me to the hospital. <laughs> I'm pretty sore. <laughs> then I got up there, and then they called, and they said, hey, do you have your dad's keys? We need his keys. The tow truck's here. So I had to go back and take his keys. And I got back, and Dad goes, man. I said, what's wrong, Dad? I really like that truck. <laughs> I said, well, I think it's total. You think so? Yeah, I think so, Dad. You took out a church, four telephone poles, and then the guy in town. Yeah. Comes, then guy in town comes up to me afterwards. Now, how's your dad doing? I say he's doing good. Well, you know, uh, I hate to bring this up right now, but <laughs> he knocked down our telephone pole or our, uh, mailbox. our mailbox, and you know, y- y- y'all take. I said. We'll pay for your mailbox and stuff. Don't worry about it. I said, I can bring you a check from the lodge Monday or Tuesday. I said, let me find out what's going on. I said, Dad's got insurance. They'll take care of everything. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's no big deal. I'll just let you know. <laughs> so then 10 minutes later, he comes up to me. He's like, man, we got, I hate to tell you this, but when that electricity, when that telephone pole, it ripped electricity right out of my house and it pulled the box <laughs> off and shit. I said, Dad's got fucking insurance. You can take it up with his insurance company. I'm not going to write you a check for $1,000 right now for this shit. Uh, it kind of pissed me off. Fuck, he ain't even, you know, he's not even back out of the emergency room yet. This guy's <laughs> trying to get money out of me. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I, I'm not that serious. I just wanted to let you know I'm worried I, yeah, about your dad. Just yeah. want to let you yeah, know. You ain't worried about my dad. You worried about me writing your fucking checks, what you're worried about. <laughs> but he did. Jeff was ready to chew on his ass. And did you fall asleep, Dad? <laughs> yep. Not much ass chewing you can give, whatever. I could because usually he'd make excuses because he had another issue like that one time. He hit a gate by his house, and the sheriff called me. He's like, "Jeff, we, you know," and I deal with them sometimes on judge stuff. And I was like, "No," he goes, "Hey, I need to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay, about your dad." I thought, "Oh fuck, what dad do?" Stop before I get in this story. We had this big old girl that worked out here, and I mean big girl. She was pushing three biscuits easy. She may be over three biscuits. Big old girl. So I was fucking with dad one day like I used to do when we were sitting here. And I've had so many fun times messing with dad. And I was like, dad, I said, I need to talk to you serious about something. Okay, what is it? And everybody's at dinner table. Everybody stops and listens to him. I said, dad, I said, uh, do I need to worry about you uh, sexually harassing that new that new maid? Fuck no. Maybe maybe fighting over a sandwich. But not <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he tells everybody. <laughs> 
I tell you what, he always he always had a comeback. Oh, he did. He said, "No, maybe fighting over a sandwich." But and I'm gonna miss that part of my dad because I loved his stories and one-liners. Oh, but God, <laughs> but anyway, see, uh, the sheriff calls and says, "Hey, your dad hit this fence over here by me, and it's his fence, red truck, red paint, right by the end of his house." So I said, "Okay." I said, "Let me know how much it is." See, I'm telling you, it's like raising. It was like raising a kid. Oh yeah. So dad comes in. Comes in. I said, "Dad." I said, uh, "We're going to get your license. You're going to check on your license." Oh damn it! I can drive. Rah, 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 rah. I said, "Well, uh, Dean told me you hit a gate by. I hadn't hit no freaking gate." I said, "Dad, there's a green gate there. It's got red paint on it. You got green paint on your truck." Well, the sun was in my fucking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't hit it, but the sun was in it. Yeah, hit that sun, it's going about 45 freaking miles an hour. But the sun was in my fucking eyes. I couldn't see. So, Dad, you didn't get checked. There ain't nothing wrong with me. I just, that damn sun was in my eyes. Dad, you hit a, a east fence in the evening with the sun setting to the west. He was in the mirror. Oh, he was, he did. He just. Well, he had, he had many, many stories and heard them numerous times over the years. And you always got to the finish line with the same result. Oh, yeah. But they all changed. Hey, he told a story not long ago. is one I'd never had heard before, and I couldn't remember what it was. But I was like, I'd never heard that story of all his stories because I've heard some, you know, everybody's that way. You've only got so many stories to have. But, Dad, I, I told the boys this, and I tell young kids all the time when I talk to them. When you're young, you need to go live your life. Do shit your parents tell you not to do. Right. I'm not saying no. go break, but go live. Because when you get to be an old fucker, you ain't no fun if you ain't got no stories to tell. That's right. Like, I mean, Steve, with his story Man. about the black girl in the Viagra and stuff, it wouldn't be a good story <laughs> if Steve hadn't done that when he was younger. You know? And so I've got a lot of stories to tell because I've done a lot of stupid shit when I was younger. Tony's got a whole lot of them I could tell you about. <laughs> One time, uh, I will tell you this. Tony and a bunch of guys were at Possum Kingdom Lake, which is a big lake in Texas for everybody way off. And I think it was Fourth of July week. It was, it was somewhere like that. And I was I was fixing to go out one night about ten o'clock at night. And the phone rings, and it's Tony on the other line. Mark, thought you was at the lake. Well, can you come to Palo Pinto County in the morning? I go, you in fucking jail again? You know, like his mom. He's like, well, I yeah. I said, what'd you do this time? Did you get in a fight? I figured that's because we usually what I had to go get him out of jail. No, I got a BWI. I go, you don't even sound drunk. I'm not drunk. I was on the Tony's exact words. I'm on a hot, I'm on a, a sea do with this lot lizard chick. And uh, so anyways, Tony got a boating while intoxicated, and Tony says he wasn't drunk. So I called Dad at the fire station. I said, hey, your favorite son's in jail in Palo Pinto <laughs> County. When are you go pick him up? Well, I damn it. That boy, I tell you, what time? I said, just in the morning. Me and Dad drive to Palo Pinto. And Tony has got on some bathing trunks and nothing else, sitting under a tree holding his life jacket, waiting on his <laughs> kid out of jail. Hey, Tony did have them charges removed. <clears throat> well, that's good. They were dropped. No, he was a he was a pleasure to be around and knew him for a long time. And he was as good a dog. And I hadn't been around a whole lot of dog people. Been around a few, but he had that touch with dogs. And uh, he, he knew what they were thinking. Oh, yeah. He knew what they were thinking, and he knew what to do next. And he always told me it's a team sport. If you're irritated, the dog's going to be irritated. And, you know, he helped you a lot. He helped me a lot with Thunder. And, he well, he, he trained Raven. And she oh, was a little bitty. He was, he, was, he was a hellacious dog man. There weren't too many situations that we would run into 
training Lou that he didn't have an answer for. And even like a, as an amateur veterinarian, there's lots of times people yeah. would call me and say, hey, could you ask your dad this or that? And I mean, I would call dad and I would trust him like I would if I called Tim, the vet. Sure. And said, hey, what about this or that? Yeah, you can get that. That's not a problem at all. Well, he'd been through it. Yeah, he'd been mm-hmm. there and done it. And, and dad loved dogs. I mean, he loved <clears> his <throat> dogs. He loved his dogs more than he did Tony. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. That's what he said he missed the most staying up at the hospital was he missed his dogs. Yeah. Missed yeah. Dolly. Miss Dolly and Hank. Yeah, well, you know, I'm surprised uh, the last uh, couple of months. I don't think he, well, how long was he in the hospital? 65 days? The last, he had two, his last two months of his life were at the hospital up yeah. there. And he didn't right. see Hank at all? Nope. No. And, but he, t- he told me when, um, one of the last things we talked about was, I said, Dad, what do you think you're going to miss the most? He goes, my dogs. My dogs and play music. I looked at Tony, I said, Phew. You're never on the top of the list, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Where, whatever, what happened to his drones? They're, They're out here. They're going to be the boys are going to have them. Reese he told uh, – that was one of the last things he said. He said, there's a nice set of drums out there. He said, I'd love for Reese or Jameson to have them. Well, that's good. That's good. He Not said, good for Andy and Jesse. But, no. um And then we were walking out as he said that, and then that's when he said, uh, didn't know how much longer he's going to be here. Yeah. But he said, there's a nice set of drums. He said, I'd love for one of the boys to have it. They're out somewhere out here, yeah. silo or something. I yeah. think. You know, he told. Uh, uh, I don't remember which one of the boys it was. Which one didn't? Which one had the beard? Brody. 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 Bro. Brody told me that uh, he really missed the hunting. Brody did. Yes. Are you gonna pee in the closet? <laughs> Dicky is right. <laughs> no, no. You have to pee. Room seven's where I was going to be, basically. Don't bow. That's uh, he said they really miss the hunting and they don't get to do that in Alabama. Right. No. And he said, I really would like to come back over here. And you made the comment, this is probably the last time they'll ever be here. Yeah, yeah I, I told I, Jeff that they'd uh, I told them they'd they're Anytime they want to come back, they're always welcome here. Just let me know. Uh, I said, to give me a couple of days advance? Go ahead, no, because we're booked up all the time. But I'll make sure they're here and I have a place to stay at my house or Tony's. Just yeah. let me know when they're going to be here. Yeah. Um, Dad, Dad's. The last thing I told Dad was Tony's an asshole, and he laughed, and that's the truth. But we talked. But that night, night when we left there, the hospice came in. Hospice guy came in, and he told Dad, he goes, "Do you know why I'm here?" And Dad was mad at me. Dad was mad at me the last five or six days. He wouldn't hardly talk to me because I was, by God, the root of all this stuff. And I put him in the hospital, and I made him kick him out of the lodge, and blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. And he told Dad, he that, Dad, but then Dad told me a week ago. He said, "I'm ready to go." And he told Tony, he told that guy, that guy said, well, I'm here from hospice. And Dad goes, yep, you're here to put me to sleep. And I goes, no, that's not what I'm going to do. That's, that's what I want you to do. He goes, I want you to give me something to make me sleep and just let this end. And then he fell asleep, and we talked for a little bit, and we left. And that's yeah, tried to say bye to him. And I told him, I said, Dad, Dad, and he went, I said, Dad, Tony's an asshole. And he laughed, woke up, smiled, and laughed, and closed his eyes. That's the last thing I said to him. And we got home. We left that night home, and Michelle goes, Dad, you, Dad's not going to be there much longer. I said, no. And see, Michelle's dad passed away of lung cancer, so she right. went through this. And this is, and she, I, I, I'm not so sure that she hasn't been broken up as much or more over this one as she did her dad, because she was around my dad a lot more, you know. And so she, her and Jesse took it really, really, really hard. But me, Tony, and Andy, we saw him every day, so we knew how much he was struggled. And I miss my dad. I love my dad, but he's in a lot better place. And um, well, I'm gonna miss his stories, <clears throat> the little things that he'd say. I'm not going to miss the last six months. I'm going to miss three years ago, Dad, from then on. Yeah. The one I'd get on to for being fucking late all the time, the one that would drive me nuts. 
but he'd always have something funny to say. Yeah. And he had a lot of funny things to say and do. And but you know, customers love my dad. Oh yeah. Well, y'all are y'all are real lucky. Y'all were real lucky. A lot of people liked him. A lot of people loved him. Loved to be around him. He was a good man. Good, honest, moral man. Uh, and Gary and I were lucky enough to have the pleasure to to uh, be affiliated with him. Gary longer than me, but Ron was Ron was my uh, confidant or my buddy. And uh, you know, he, we, he was he was the same every day. Oh yeah, we bounced things he off was, each other every day and talked about <clears throat> about world problems and what we'd do and what we liked and what we disliked and. Always talked about dogs and always asked about Raven and Thunder. And uh, he was proud of both of them because he did a pretty good job, even though y'all said they're both fat. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, hold on now. Raven got fat. Yeah. And you got all butthurt over that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, you did, Steve. She, she got she got. If I'd have said that about your daughter or wife, would you have gotten mad? Well, sure I would have. So if I'd have said Kathy's gained some weight, you would have got mad at me? Sure I would have. Have you ever said, Kathy, you've gained some weight, or would you say that to her? Uh, I know better than to say that. Not where she could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I know better than to say that. But you got mad about Raven just because someone said she gained some weight. Well, that's Why would you get mad if someone said Kathy's gained weight? If you said, Jeff, you've gained weight, I know I've gained weight. I don't need you to tell me. Well, I wouldn't get mad. That's personal. That's personal. But they ragged on Raven. I was trying to, <laughs> trying to box him in here. <laughs> they, they, they'd come in here and say, did you bring that fat dog with you? Or she pregnant. That was <laughs> God damn, she, say, when's her puppies due? I'd say. I am not. I don't have to put up with this. Stuff. You know, Dad would laugh though. He'd oh, shake yeah. his head because it was funny because we jacked with you. Hold on. He he had a he had a good time. Love him. You know, he, a while ago you mentioned something about it. How how um, Michelle and Jesse were close to him, and I uh, I was around Ron quite a bit. You know, for I guess the first five years after I met him, then. Uh, I, I, I've noticed the last three, four years that Jesse and Michelle, uh, they brought a side of him out that, mm -hmm. you know, not everybody's seen. Yeah. Well, he's crazy about the grandkids, too. Yeah. Yeah, the great-grandkids are special. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he he talked about them all the time. He he was uh, – the, they were – couldn't be on a higher pedestal, you know. I think that's what kills me about Payne being gone, is that Payne will never be part of our circle of stuff because of yeah. what his job's going to be. You know, well, in 20 years he might move back. But I was spoiled by the fact that me and Tony have been around my dad every day just about for the last 30, 40, 50 years. It, and that's very rare. Oh, yeah. And it's I extremely don't, rare. And you don't. You're blessed. But we have tried, I'm very blessed, and I realize that. And now I get Andy, and Zach's here a lot. Zach wears me out sometimes. But I'm around my kids all the time, my boys, and I'm pains that we don't see pain that often no more. But my grandkids I'm around every day. And we're lucky for that. And I know that because I know so many people that don't do that. Yeah. And so dad was really blessed on that point. And that's that's where I'm at with that is I get a lot I told Payne not long ago, I said, I'm so spoiled because we've had a family that we've got to do everything, work together, be around each other for so long. And I said, Dad's so blessed. This is what after Dad passed away. He was so lucky because he got to be around me and Tony all of his, I mean, his whole life and his grandkids and his in-law. Yeah. And that meant a lot. And I know when the younger boys left, but it was they had a different relationship with Dad because it was a different deal. 
but me and Tony and dad and my family and Tony's family, we've been around each other in, for 30 years, every day just about. Well, dad would, uh, when you'd get on his butt. That was every day. Yeah. He'd just sell up like a big old kid. <laughs> and he'd get up and move from one chair to in here. Or when he could when he could move around, he'd go outside. But never, ever did he ever say anything against Jeff or Tony. Well, he was never mad at Tony. He was always mad at Jeff. <laughs> well, the, only, the worst thing I heard him say about Jeff was, son of a bitch fired me again. <laughs> yeah, I did a bunch. I told him to go home, don't come back. <laughs> Coming off office, she goes, uh, your dad's pulling up outside. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he jumps, don't fucking get it, you know. Yeah. I'm going to hire a pheasant guy full time, and I don't need him to be here every day if he can't be on time. Yeah, I said, we've got a business to run, and dad don't get that. And she just, I'm just telling you, dad, and then it'd be over. But, you know, um, he uh, – <laughs> I guess about February, I was trying to get him to go to the nursing home. Thank God you didn't. Oh, no doubt. God yeah. almighty. But with like, Corona, with like, the COVID? Yeah, I said, Dad, you need to go in a nursing home. By God, I'll, I ain't going to no nursing home. I was living in my truck, you know. So I told Tony, I said, you can tell when Dad's pissed off when he comes driving in the driveway. And if my truck's here, he's like, fuck, Jeff's here. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day I heard him come in the back door of the kitchen. And I was in my office doing something, and Ollie's, you know, running out. Ollie comes in here with him. And I come in here, and I got me some water out of the fridge, and Dad's sitting there at the table, and he's watching TV in here. And I said, uh, what are you doing? I'm watching Bonanza. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. So I said, how's it going today? Good, good, good. I said, okay. So I went back in the office work. About an hour and a half later, I come in there. I said, are you going to stay in here all day? Oh yeah. I'll be right here. It's okay. So I said, I'm going to leave then. You want me to take Ollie home? Nope, he's good. It's okay. I got up and left. So I had to come back here. I went and got something to come back here. I wouldn't have gone 15 minutes. I come back in. I opened the door of the office. Dad saw it was me. Oh, he was so fucking disappointed. <laughs> I said, Dad, I'm just going to get a piece of paper, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he did. He just did. I messed up his whole routine. All right. Well, we've talked long enough about Dad. Dad had a great life. I appreciate everybody that's done stuff. The scholarship deal we're raising, it's going to go for all the kids in Knox County that uh, whose parents work for first responders, ambulance, the hospital, EMS, Fire departments, we're going to give scholarships away. If you want to contribute to that, you can send it to Stanfield Hunting at uh, P.O. Box 517, Knox City, Texas, 79529. Just put in the memo. Just make it out to Stanfield, and then in the memo put scholarship, and we've got a separate account set up for that. And we'll be getting with the school administrators in probably April or May, and we'll set that up. And um, I don't know how many kids we're going to give scholarships to, but we're going to help some kids. And that's our goal. I want to just say uh – that your check you want me to cash October 4th, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say that uh, uh, Dad was real special, and you guys are real special, and it's it's been uh, it's really fun, and I hope I'm around another 15 or 20 years and can continue to come out here because you guys are like family to me, and I take a bunch of crap. <laughs> from and, who? Well, from everybody, and Dad always said, I can't believe you take all that crap. I wouldn't take it. And I said, well, you take it just like I do because <laughs> you keep coming back. But anyway, it's you guys mean the world to me, and, and he meant the world to me, and I and, uh, appreciate y'all letting me be part of your life. Enjoy, well, you don't know enjoy. how much it's fixing to cost you. <laughs> well, that, that's fun. It's all about money. And, Gary, it's uh, we need to try to keep up this tradition and spend some time together and yeah. and talk um, about Ron and, and – uh, Ron will be sorely missed, and, and there's probably a lot of people that don't know he's gone. I don't – most people listening to podcasts would know. We talk about it a lot. It it got his – that I, I posted something as soon as he died, and it got a lot of traction. 
Good. I mean, a lot of people, uh, most people are on Facebook and stuff now, so I think most everybody that comes out here, is, they, they know he's going. I mean, we'll have someone that'll ask. I mean, well, I, I know it will be. I'll have somebody call and say, hey, but they're not podcast people. But most of our people know and they listen. <clears throat> Dad was very blessed. Dad had a great life. I mean, he's do it all over again. I know his mom used to get so freaking mad at him. <laughs> He'd come home all beat up and fighting mm-hmm. all the time. He's a character. And so she would. She would God, she'd get pissed off, I know. I know oh, you he, two guys were real special to him. So He he he, uh, he was a part of us, you know. Oh, yeah. Our, our girls were littler. When you know we were doing the dog mess with him and everything, and he he, he helped me bury that first dog that I had. That was Steve. That dog is dead. Yeah, <laughs> he he always he always took time. I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't know how. I was like, how do you how do you deal with this? It it was it was bad, yeah. you know. I, yeah, losing said, a dog is that's a tough deal, boy. Oof. He said, well, it's like you know, I don't know. I've just always had another one there. Well, he he always included, uh, like your daughters and stuff. He always included you in what was going on with you and Karen. So yeah, and you know he was pretty fond of Kathy, and he he uh, and my my son and grandsons have been out here, and of course they've moved on to bigger and better things, and hopefully they'll get back out here and and uh, continue this uh, journey that we have at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Enjoyed it, guys. Had a great time. Thank you all so much. we got to get Leroy on thank here, too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Gary, you're always welcome. I'm, ready. I'm glad you're cooking fish tonight, though. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Uh, we really appreciate all of our sponsors, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Gundog Outdoors, Dirty Duck Coffee, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Pacific Calls, Looking Glass Duck Club. we got Lucky Duck, William & Chris Wines, 14 Cattle Company, and J2 Outdoors. We appreciate, we appreciate every one of you. Everybody go check out our great sponsors because we kind of got we kind of got something for everything right now. Go check them out and uh, talk to you guys later. Bye.